Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening, everyone in the house and everyone watching online. Welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, last week we had Fast Week. We had some wonderful speakers, did a powerful job. Um, we're going to continue the teaching on, uh, from the topic of finish the movie. Um, from the topic of finish the movie. And we, when we first started talking about this particular topic, we were just discussing how sometimes in our life, uh, just how, how our natural man operates, we're so tempted to jump to conclusions, even in conversation. People can't finish their conversation. They can't finish their thoughts. Uh, sometimes we're anticipating what's going to happen. We live this, are we there yet life? as opposed to embracing the, the, the next best step from here and the next best step from there, the next best step from there, developing a particular momentum, allowing the process, like going through the process. We talked about Sunday when we were talking about the spirit and flesh war, how you have to embrace the agony, the initial agony in every stage, but then also advance to, uh, staying there long enough where it advances to where it becomes an appetite. And then eventually it becomes amusing or pleasurable. So the same thing in our lives. It'd be wonderful if we just were, well, I don't think it'd be wonderful, but some people think it'd be wonderful if you just born and everything just fell in place the first day. You know, you start the job and you automatically, didn't, you skip training. As soon as you get there, you know exactly what to do. You know, uh, it just doesn't work that way. If it worked that way when we were in uh, elementary school, we wouldn't have had what they call the alphabet and then advance to words and advance to paragraphs. You know, and we were young. What, what, what I love about looking back at those times, all of our instruction was patient. They gave it to us in pieces. So for, for me, I thought, you know, the alphabet and learning the ABCs, that was major at that stage. I wasn't looking beyond it. I never asked why I need to know these letters. I was just excited that I remembered. Then I got into words and we had spelling bees. I never was, oh God, when are we going to get to the other part? I didn't know there was another part. I embraced learning the words and trying to win spelling bees. You know, and, and so there were steps and you didn't learn it all on Monday. They kept giving you different angles so you could figure out the word, different sentences so you could figure out the word. So I think uh, math, you know, we learn numbers first. We advance to addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. We advance to algebra, trigonometry, uh, geometry, uh, and calculus. I was a math person, so calculus. Um, so you keep learning all these, but, but it didn't. It just started with one, two, three, four. And nobody jumped to a conclusion like, when are we going to get to the calculus? I didn't even know there was a calculus until I got to it. You understand what I'm saying? And so our life is the same way. It's there, it, there's stages and there's pieces, and we have to allow ourselves to go through the process. And this is the tough part. There are going to be hurdles, newsflash. I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Some people got baptized. Pastor Mel was talking about the process. Guess what? It's still a process. You know, we want everything by osmosis, but it's a process. Flowers even understand that. They have to go through seasons, but I watch those trees and flowers, whether the storms, the winds, and the rains. I've never seen a depressed flower, never seen a depressed tree. You walk by the tree, man, this is ridiculous. It's raining today. They stand there. 
and wait for their opportunity to flourish. They go through their process. And yes, we talked about this before, the orange tree has a longer process than the tulip. But it doesn't go, man, look at the tulips, man, they looking all good. Orange tree goes through its process when it's gonna produce its fruit, right? It finishes its process. And so we, we were talking about just how our life is this script that we have to allow to finish. And sometimes we get frustrated when we're at the first scene or the second scene, but we got to finish the movie. Let it play itself out. Let it play itself out. The Bible says in Romans 8.28, it says, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to, according to, in harmony with his purpose. Now, a lot of times when we sign on to be Christian, we says, well, things are supposed to work out for my good, right? According to, in harmony with his purpose. God is not responsible to sign off on what we want to do. He's responsible to sign off on what he designed us to do, right? And God is not frustrated because, well, I I didn't know what to do. He says, well, I I sent you a manual. If you read the manual, you'll find out exactly what you, you do and what your purpose to do. When you get in line with that, you'll start to pick up acceleration and momentum in your life, right? All right, so, so we talked, we said to get through this process and make sure we embrace our moments and grow at our pace, we can't jump to conclusions, right? We can't jump to conclusions. I've had many conversations with people that sometimes they were converted into arguments because people jump to conclusions. I didn't finish this sentence. Let me complete what I'm trying to say. But they jump to conclusions, and most of the time when people jump to conclusions, they jump to worst case scenarios. They would jump to, you don't like me. He can't stay. I know what you, where you going with this. How would you, let me go. I don't care if I went that way 17 times in a row. This 18th time, I may, I may do something different. I know with my family, you know, he ain't going to do that. He ain't going to do that. He ain't coming. He ain't coming. Well, that was my pattern for a while. That was the stage of my life. But I don't even live. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that guy. I haven't been that guy for 20-something-nine years, right? So, so that means there was a point where I was consistently, uh, you couldn't rely on me. I know y'all can't relate to that because y'all are totally reliable all the time. I'm talking about me, right? There was a time when you couldn't rely on me. It was a time where, where even as an athlete, you couldn't get me to work out for nothing. Matter of fact, if you were working out, not only would I not work out, but I'd tell you in your face, you go ahead, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't need to do that. Now, I'm, I'm 59 years old. I work out all the time religiously. So that means I'm, I'm a different person because I'm finishing the movie. That was that scene. I'm not in that scene no more. That scene's behind me. I'm not hitting rewind. You can't live life through the rewind button. I'm going forward to see how the movie plays out. And I got a... I got a hint in Jeremiah 29 that the thoughts that he thinks towards me are good. Like God wants to do some good things. So the movie ends with with it working out for my good, but I got to finish the movie, right? Right? Got to finish the movie. So to finish the movie, we're going to have to accept a level of uncertainty, right? We have to accept a level of uncertainty. Certainty is a part of our life. I shared this with you uh, before Pastor Dent started this church. He called me up. He says, well, Pastor Keith, what do you do with the uncertainty? You know that, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this. I've never done this. I haven't seen nobody to do it. Uh, 
there's a lot of negative possibilities and positive possibilities. What do I do with the uncertainty? It's easier for me when I know the outcome, but for this particular case, I'm not going to know, right? I'm not going to know if I go into this relationship, they're not going to hurt me like the last one. I'm not going to know if I go to this church, they're not going to play me like the last one. I'm not going to know if I take this chance and start this business if it's going to fall like the last one, right? The uncertainty. So sometimes we're tempted to, I ain't doing nothing nowhere near that no more because I don't want to experience that, that situation. Well, one, if you're not going to be with that person, you won't experience the situation, even if it's close. It's two different people. Two, if you're not in the exact same church, you can't experience the same thing because it's two different locations, right? Three, if you're starting a business even at a different time, interest rates could change. People could want your product at that time. You understand what I'm saying? The situations aren't the same, so you, we have to have faith forward, right? We have to have faith forward, right? right? We can't get stuck in time. So if we embrace this little bit, little bit of uncertainty, and what this looks like is this. You have to be content with knowing what people are. Uh, you have to be content with, knowing, uh, with not knowing what people are thinking and not knowing what's going to happen in the future. Um, you have to be content with taking some steps of faith. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. What's that? 2 Corinthians 5, 7, right? We walk by faith and not by sight. So walking by faith, what is that? That's I'm taking uncertain steps. Uh, a best example I can give you is a high wire walker, right? I'm talking about the ones without a net. Now, the interesting thing, the studies have shown the high wire walker that's walking without a net, they almost never fall. The people that fall a lot are the ones that have nets. You know why? They're prepared to fall. For the high wire walker, falling ain't an option. And when they're walking that wire, they're walking the wire like I'm walking on this floor. They don't have time to think about the uncertainty. Oh, man, suppose I fall. Suppose I slip. Suppose I make a step. Because they understand if I consider it, it's a possibility. So I can't consider the negative outcome. The only thing I consider is the next best step from here and the next best step from here. And they normally walk right across. Those are, that's walking by faith, right? I'm not considering the negative possibilities. If they come, I deal with them, but I'm not looking for them. If they come, I deal with them, but I'm not looking for them. Walk by faith and not by sight, right? So a lot of our frustration in finishing and completing our movie in our life is forged through the lack of our faith evolving. So the Bible says in Romans 12, verse 3. So after he said, present yourself as a living sacrifice in verse 1. Verse 2, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So it's saying every day you're going to have to, to open your mind up to grow closer and closer to my design. But if you conform to the world, you'll get clouded from my design and you end up compromising who you are and becoming like them, right? And we already know you, around here you can't fly with somebody else's wings anyway. And so, so, so I, have to, I have to have this evolving faith. I have to, evo I have to let my faith grow. 
Now, how does my faith grow? Faith comes by hearing. and hearing by. So Romans 10, 17, right? All right, so, so, so I want my faith to grow, so I'm going to feed myself faith food, right? So if I don't feed myself faith, how, how is it when you don't eat nourishment, period? All right? You're a little irritable, right, when you don't get... Yeah, you, <laughs> right? All right, so I have to feed myself faith food. So this is my faith food. The Bible says, man shall not live by bre- what? bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4, 4, right? And so, that's, so that means I have to, I'm going to live by the word. This is my, my daily bread. What was it? The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, give us this day our daily bread, right? So I'm going to get my daily nourishment, and the more I get the word, the more it's going to cleanse out my doubt, my fear, and uncertainty, and I'm going to see clearer to have faith. I'm going to believe more. Right? Because I'm feeding myself belief every time I eat from this leaf. Right? Does that make sense? All right. So now I have this evolving faith. Now, why is that important? Because we're born into this world almost as a seed. The Bible, throughout the Bible, it says the seed of Abraham. It calls us the seed that would bruise uh, uh, Satan's head. So we're seeds. But we don't want to stay in seed form. Right? We want to we flourish and produce what we're supposed to be. Right? And so the scripture says we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Right? Our nourishment. What? And then we'll do what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Some people were saying the specific. Some people were saying the... Uh, the abridged version, and some people was just crystallizing. I got you. All right, but it talks about uh, uh, flourishing and bringing forth our fruit in due season, right? In Psalm 1, 1 through 3, right? Psalm 1, 1 through 3, correct? All right, so it talks about us bringing forth our fruit. So basically, it's talking about us evolving from a seed into harvesting into purpose, Evolving from a seed and harvesting into purpose, right? Now, some people never evolve into purpose because they get stuck in that seed form. Now, why does that happen? That happens because they don't allow themselves to break open and flourish. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 24. I'm sorry, people online, all this is like audibles, so it's not on the bottom of the screen. All right, John chapter 12, 24 says, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, get buried, like we talked in baptism, right? It says it can't bring forth fruit. It can't produce what it's supposed to produce. It can't finish the movie, right? And so, so what happens in that seed bearing process is you're under the dirt, you're buried, and you're broken. You're, you're, you're under pressure. That dirt gets hardened through the storms and it squeezes and keeps squeezing that seed till it breaks it and releases what's in it, right? So that's why it says, uh, except the corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies. It's basically saying, except the seed go to the ground and get buried, pressured, and broken. We run from brokenness, but brokenness is good. Being uncomfortable and broken, you're breaking the flesh to release the spirit. Breaking the flesh to release the spirit. The flesh gets us in trouble. The spirit is indeed willing to, for us to fulfill purpose, right? All right, so let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8. 
And we're going to emphasize verse 19 to 22, but I'm going to start here at verse 18 because I like the Scripture, okay? So verse 18 says this. It says, for I reckon, I'm, I'll give you a minute to get there, Romans 8. So Romans 8 says this, it says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, the beginning of the movie, right, it says, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, the end of the movie, right? So what we're going through at the beginning of our movie does not compare to what's going to happen when we finish the movie, right? Now, now look at this, verse 19 is interesting. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. So what it's saying is all creation is waiting for us to finish the movie. You know, I gave you, the, uh, I gave you an example of the Amer- what I gave you, American underdog, right? Uh, it's a Kurt Warner story. And so, so I gave you enough time to look at it, so now I can t- I'm going to talk about it. If you ain't seen it by now, it's too bad. You know, I gave you enough time to check it out for yourself, right? I didn't. All right, so the interesting thing is, so Kurt Warner, obviously, Kurt Warner was playing in school, playing in college, and he was, uh, he was, he was differently talented. So as a football player, he could throw the ball, he could throw the ball on a, on a like, he could throw the ball accurately, quick. Uh, he could, on a move, he's running. He could set up, he could throw the ball, right? His, his coach used to always say, Kurt, stay in the pocket. So the pocket is, you ever see people lined up, everybody don't play football, people lined up, and when they say hike, these guys lined up create this uh, barrier to protect the quarterback so he can see where he wants to throw, and he has... You know, he has a, a guy that's, uh, number one is this guy's over here. Number two is this guy's down, down the field. Number three, this guy's taking a short pattern. Number four, this guy's going to come out of the backfield and I can throw to him. So if he's not open, he might be open. And he might be open. He might be open. Well, I got time to read all that if they're protecting me, right? So what he would do is, what some of us do, instead of allowing his progressions, allowing his things to play out until he finds the right person open, he would jump to a conclusion. Ain't nobody gonna be open. Oh my God, and start running, <laughs> right? You know, so while he's running, somebody might be open. But he would panic and he might throw the ball to this last guy, get about four or five yards. But if he was patient, let it play out, finish the movie, he would have got that guy for a touchdown. But he panicked, right? So the coach said, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket. So he, so he run out, throw the pass, and the guy would catch. He was like, "Coach, what, what? I'm good though. What, what? I'm good. I'm good. What, what? You know, he's running around like he's like, cause he he was just happy that I threw a pass and somebody caught it, not knowing he blew a touchdown. Like us, we're happy that we did something successful, not knowing we blew purpose, right? And so that's what he would do. And then every and then he would talk talk trash. He'd come out, Bam, what, coach, coach? I'm nice like that. I can do that. And so, so after a while, the coach got tired of explaining to him, like, people get tired of us in our lives, right? Okay, you're not listening. So you know what? Since you're not listening, I got something for you. You can sit over here on the bench. So he's sitting on the bench, and he's watching everybody play. Come on, coach. Put me in the game. 
Coach said, you want to get in the game? He said, if you want to get in the game, you're going to have to deal with the pain. He says, whatever, whatever it takes, coach, whatever it takes, put him in the game and just let people knock him silly. Bam! And he's sitting there, you want to be in the game, right? And bam! He just, bam! He just, and, and you just see him. Bam, bam, bam! He's just getting hit, hit, hit over. But it taught him something. It taught him how to deal with getting the pain so now he wasn't panicked. I done been knocked down. Worst they could do is what? Knock me down. So he now was pacing in the pocket. So then he, uh, he leaves, he goes to, and the coach said, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never play professional. So he leaves and he's, uh, he's uh, working at a supermarket or whatever. A guy comes up to him, he says, you're Kurt Warner, right? I seen you play. He said, listen, I got a, a, a job for you. A new league we're doing is called Arena. We're going to be fast, fast, and the way you play, it'll be perfect for you. He said, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm trying to go to the NFL. He said, no, 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 man, this will be good for you. So he turned him down. But he was in a situation where, you know, he couldn't, uh, I think he ran out of gas in the snow, couldn't feed his family. So he shows up for this, this new league. Well, in the new league, they're telling him something different than he learned before. They're saying, Get rid of the ball. Don't sit back and be patient. Get rid of the ball as fast as you can. And so, and, and, and he would get rid of it. Too slow, too slow, too slow, too slow, to the point where they got on his nerves to get rid of it quick. So now he's, he, he had the patience to stay in the pocket, but he learned how to get rid of the ball quicker than anybody to play. So he tries, he ends up having the opportunity to play in the NFL and just happened to have the right coach at the right time. That coach wouldn't have been there if he would have tried to play what he wanted to. This coach says, well, we're going to give this kid a shot. Something's different about him. Make a long story short, uh, all the superstars got injured. And he gets to play and never left the field again. He ends up being uh, winning the Super Bowl, winning two Super Bowls, being MVP of the Super Bowl, and he was bagging groceries in the supermarket. But when you look at the movie, you'll see he needed to go through all of what he went through to end up at his finish to be great as he was. He would have never been great if he didn't go through the embarrassment, the humility, to being out in the car. He was out in the car. There was in a snowstorm. He had to go walk to get gas and come back. When he came back, the whole car was covered with snow with his wife and his child in the car. So he went through so much, but he had to finish the movie. See, it works out for your good if you finish the movie. It takes you through agony and experiences that you're going to need when you get where you're going. But we're always looking for the comfort and convenience, right? We get frustrated because we don't evolve. So the scripture says, for the earnest expectation of the creatures waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to finish our movie so we can be inspired, inspired like we were inspired by Kurt Warner. It says, for the creature was made subject to vanity. So we were designed in this world, and uh, in, in, in the natural world, uh, with the pressure of being vain. 
It says, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, of course, the adversary. It says, for the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. All creation is waiting for us to finish our movie to encourage, to inspire. Some people are waiting for their job because their job is in your purpose. If you don't finish your purpose, they don't have a job. They frustrated working for somebody because they looking for their fit. And the reason why they don't have their fit because it hasn't manifested because somebody ain't finishing their movie. Right? It's just, it's, 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 we all have a part. Play your role and finish your part. Right? Alright, so You have to, as you keep going, uh, something uh, uh, I heard from somebody recently, as you keep moving through to finish this movie, you can't get distracted. And sometimes people try to get you distracted with their noise. Um, people have a way of, of trying to get you to think for them. Now, now it's, it's hard for us to think for ourselves. <laughs> now, once you start, um, once you start uh, thinking for everybody else, it's going to be hard for you to lock in on what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we can find ourselves thinking for everybody else. I'm talking about even at the house, before you even go over their house, you're thinking what they could possibly be thinking and how they possibly could process it and, and, and how they're going to handle it and how mad they're going to get. They ain't even opened their mouth yet. You done thought for them. You didn't show up because you got in your head and came up with all these different scenarios. Some of you don't show up for the interview because you're thinking for the person. Right? You can't think for, think for yourself, not everybody else. That's going to help us. The other thing that's going to help us to navigate through is to not get stuck from finishing our movie is get, let's get out of speculating. Speculating. Now, speculating is, is theory or conjecture without evidence. Theory or conjecture without evidence, just speculating. You know, we can find ourselves doing a lot of speculating. How many people find themselves doing a lot of speculating? You can get the hands up. You know, some of y'all don't want to, want to be honest with yourselves. All right, and then uh, assumptions. We can, we got to, we got to, <laughs> stop Jamal. All right, so we got assumptions, right? So assumptions are accepted as true or as certain to happen without proof. Assumptions are accepted as true or as certain to happen. This is definitely going to happen with no proof. Right? We got to get away from assumptions. We definitely have to get away from this third one, paranoia. <laughs> paranoia is delusions of persecution. This will get you exaggerated self-importance. I'll just repeat that. Exaggerated self-importance. In most cases, they ain't thinking about you. You're thinking about you. You're thinking they're thinking about you, but they got so much other stuff going on in their life, they ain't got time to think about you. Like, they're going to shut down all their issues to make sure they think about you all day. Not happening. I remember, I, I remember sharing this with my mom. I wasn't trying to be cold, but she was, uh, I was talking to her. We had a transparent conversation. I know if he come out here, I'm calling the police. I said, Mom, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I said, my, my father's not thinking about you. But I wasn't saying like she wasn't worth thinking about. What I was saying is all the stuff that he done, he's doing and undone, he's probably so caught up. I, I, 
He don't even know you're mad. Be honest, like right now, he's, he's got too, many, too much other stuff on their mind. So we can't get, get, get too paranoid about that. You know, because what happens is when you're paranoid, paranoid people lose touch with reality. So, so they offer considerations that don't even exist. They use their faith to introduce possibilities that don't exist. It hasn't happened yet. You can use your faith for what you want to believe for, but you're using your faith for a worst case scenario that hasn't happened yet. Right? So we got to get away from paranoia. Like right now, I'm, I'm preaching and some people, he's talking about me. I, if I am, it's because you know, but I don't know. Like, I'm not thinking about your name or nothing. I, you know. <laughs> but if you're thinking I'm talking about you, I probably am because the Holy Spirit knows what's going on with you, but I don't, okay? All right? So let's get out your head. Remember, don't overwhelm yourself with everything. And that's the challenge. You got to be able to think about the only thing and not, every, and not everything. The only thing, right? Just ask God, what's the next only thing? And keep taking the next best step from there. Like, God, what's the next only thing you want me to think about? And just take the next best step. Don't try to take all the steps at once. Please, stop. Just stop. You can only take a step at a time. You can only embrace a process at a time. Just do that. Don't go to the buffet and try to eat the whole buffet in one meal. You can't do it. Just get a plate. Guess what? They let you go back. Well, the buffet for your life is the same way. Just get a plate, finish that one, right? Finish that plate, right? Try that, right? Finish that one, okay? Try that. <laughs> I said Luke 14, 26 to 33. Luke 14, 26 to 33. And, and you know, uh, you've heard it around here a lot. We talk about it a lot. We say when we're doing something, like if we're, we're living a solid life, it's in consideration of the whole, the whole picture. Remember we did the message, uh, uh, picture in pieces, right? Right? Consideration of the whole. Always in consideration of the whole. So what's, what, the reason why some things surprise us, we ain't considering the whole. We're just emotional. We're just in the moment, right? You know, you, uh, you remember the days, now you notice I said remember the days because I'm assuming everybody's not dealing with this, Okay. This, so I use me. I just use me. So, so back in the day, me and my wife would tell you, we, would, uh, we had a lot of bank charge-offs. Y'all know what those are? Like I'm trying to act like people don't know. Y'all know what those are? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, I said it like, you know, I already knew you knew what it was, but I was trying to be nice. All right? But we had charge-offs all the time. And when we would get the charge-offs, we had this, this, this response. Like, we got a bank charge-off. How did that happen? We ain't really spend no money. You know, were we adding up what we spent? Were we counting the cost of what we spent? We felt like we had enough money in the bank. That was us. I know y'all don't deal with that. That's, that's what we dealt with, right? But we wasn't like we do now. We're measuring, listen, I'm looking at every penny we spent, right? So I know what's in the bank. I'm not, I'm not making a decision next month. I know what's in the bank. If, if, it, if it's not in the bank, I know what's coming in the bank, and I know how that lines up with what we're trying to think we're going to do. All right? So that's how we got out of debt. Through how we got in debt, I, it's probably enough in there. We didn't, huh? Insignificant funds. 
Insufficient funds. You said insignificant funds? <laughs> they don't have no value. <laughs> funds ain't got no value. They insignificant. They don't have no clout. <laughs> but, but insufficient funds, okay. This, it, what was the charge off? Oh, okay. All right, I said the wrong thing. Thank y'all for loving me. Huh? You said you had both? Yeah, thank y'all for loving me. All right, so Luke 14, 26 to 33. It says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and his sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, again, we, we go through this in Bible school, uh, interpreting the scriptures right. It's not saying how we operate in hate, hate, dislike. It's saying in comparison to what's important, it looks like hate. So, so, so in other words, being, my, being God's disciple, the value it has overrides everything else in my life. It doesn't mean I'm not going to love all these people, but it looks like I hate them in comparison to my love for Christ, right? And being a disciple. Look, look. And then it says, whosoever doth not, I know this is the King James Version, uh, bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, look, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost. So I'm looking to build something. I'm looking to build purpose. I'm looking to build a business. I'm looking to build a relationship. It says, who does that and don't sit down first and count the cost in consideration of the whole? It says, who does that doesn't count the cost whether he has sufficient, look, to finish it. So, so my whole goal in starting is finish it. If I'm not going to finish it, I'm not starting it. How do I know if I can finish it? I'm counting the cost. I'm not winging it. I'm not trying it. I'm considering the cost, at least those that I can consider. It says, Let, less happily, after he has laid the foundation to build this, it is not and is not able to finish it. It says, all that behold, it began to mock him. So it's like we start something, don't finish it, people laugh at you. I thought you was going to do such and such. You said you was going to do such and such, but you didn't finish it. It's saying this, and then they, they mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth with wise consultants whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desires conditions of peace. So likewise, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. So he's saying when you come into this life and you're going to finish the movie and fulfill what your purpose to do, it's at a cost, right? Count the cost so you can finish, but don't start the process and waffle because it gets uncomfortable or waffle because there's a little agony or waffle because they didn't think about me. Nobody picked me yet. Finish the movie. The Bible says those that are, that are picked last will be first. Those that are picked first will be last. Let it play itself out. Right? You want to get picked 
and chosen in your time. Why are you looking at everybody else? We all got different birthdays. Just celebrate that birthday and, and wait for yours, right? Not trip. You're going to get mad every time somebody got a birthday. You're going to be mad every day of your life because every day of your life somebody has a birthday, including your day. Somebody got a birthday the same day as yours, right? And so, so we're designed to be pioneers and to finish something and complete something that people have never seen before. That's what the Bible says God made us in his image and after his likeness, God is a creator. We call him the creator, right? We made, he made us in his image and after his likeness, Genesis 1, we're creators. Creators see beyond nothing, they see something. They see a sculpture in a stone. So you're going to have to deal with some uncertainty because it ain't happened yet. You know, I, I keep using Leroy Beeman, but it was Roger Banneker. They ran a four-minute mile. Nobody did it. Did it, done it. I don't know the proper English, but it hadn't been done. So how did he do it? Why didn't he try it? He saw beyond the limits. They run four-minute miles all the time now. There wasn't a light bulb. So there wasn't like, they came up to Thomas Edison, man, what you doing? Making a light bulb. Oh, okay. What's a light bulb? You understand what I'm saying? We're designed to be pioneers. God wants to do things to you that nobody's seen. And God has no limit in impossibilities. The only limit is the vessels that stop finishing the movie. That's the only limit. Yeah, your situation, nobody's been in my situation, good. Then no one will actually get delivered from that situation. Then, then you will be the first so people have an example of someone that came through an impossibility. But just you saying no one's done this and no one's went through this, you're not, finish the movie, it's not stuck there. That means you're set up for greatness. You set up to pioneer through something that nobody's done before. Right? We have to complete, we have to finish the movie. So there's a creative patience in God's design. It would be nice if it just all was microwave. It wouldn't be nice. I keep saying that. It wouldn't be nice, but we think it'll be nice if it's microwave. You miss so much of what builds your character to handle what your gifting and ability wants to produce. You know, when, you, when you're tight and you fight, you, what you're fighting against is what's trying to get in to build your character to handle what your ability can do. So this is the thing, the stubborn person and the fighting person, all you're doing is setting yourself up for frustration later. Because there's a reason why that information is coming to you. It ain't coming to everybody else. There's a reason why you're challenged that way. Because what you have to do later. So you're fighting today to be comfortable today at the expense of where you got to go tomorrow. That's why you see some people touch their dreams but never fulfill them. They just visit them. And, it's, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a crushing blow to touch your dream and fall from it. Most people never recover because it's like, man, I was right there and I blew it. But why did you blow it? Because you let that, 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 that little default in you that retreats when it's uncomfortable or when it's uncertain or when it doesn't line up with your philosophy. Right? 
you got to let all that stuff go and, and, and really find out what you really can do. One of the things I learned from Bruce Lee back in the day, I was a Bruce Lee fan, and when he, he, he actually finished the movie. But the way it played out at the beginning, he, had got, uh, he got brutally injured where they said he wasn't going to walk again. And he was determined to, to keep finishing the movie. But not only that, he says, I want to see what my body can do. Not, I want to do what's been done. He was like, I want to see, I'm going to keep going to see exactly what I really can do. How many of us have done that? We're leaving so much on the table, so much is in the, in, in the, in the cemeteries, because very few of us complete all that we can do. We have choke, we choke. We choke at certain points. We choke sometimes, we go, this might be too much, they're not going to want to deal with that. That's how I used to roll. Ah, nah, I remember I used to ball. If I hit like seven or eight shots in a row, I'd be like, ah, this is going to bother them a little bit. So I'm going to pass to them a couple times just so they leave me alone. But then that would change the whole momentum of the game. Instead of me just emptying out. You know, so I had to shift my whole mentality to, listen, right now, I'm hitting, so I'm going to keep shooting until I miss. <laughs> Isn't the goal to put the ball in the basket? Well, right now, I'm putting the ball in the basket. <laughs> When I stop putting the ball in the basket, we'll see what you can do, you know. But I had to learn how to, to, to recognize my moments to empty out. You have to learn how to recognize your moments to empty out. You're not against someone. You're fulfilling what God told you to do. Yeah, everybody can't handle that light. They'll get used to it. Keep shining it. Keep it on blast, Right? Right? Just keep on shining. I mean, so think about the time it takes uh, for God to let us see birth, go through our process of preparation, go through our wilderness year after year. You know, sometimes we feel like we're in the wilderness. Go through our wilderness year after year, and when the whole time he has something he's purposed in us, the whole time he has something purposed in us, Right? He knows there's things we have to go through to learn how to fulfill design. He knows there are things we have to go through to learn how to fulfill design. And see, the reality is he wrote the script to the, to the movie. He needs us to be obedient to our part. He needs us to be patient to finish the movie, right? He needs us to be patient to finish the movie, right? He needs us to be patient. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, Vince, and we were, he were, talk, we were talking about him being, uh, he had mentioned the scripture, uh, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, right? So he writes out the script and assists us in finishing it. He writes out the script and assists us in finishing finishes it. You know, and so, so we may be the greatest speaker in the world, but look at the price God pays as he waits until we learn to speak with his voice. So you know how you know you, you're a good speaker or you know you're an entrepreneur or you know you, you got talent, whether it's theatrics or athletics. And it seemed like, well, when is my turn? Because your turn is when God knows I can do it through you. So he's patient. You got all these gifts and God's going, nah. We'll just wait until you 
bury yourself and allow me to do it through you. That's okay. No, 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 we'll wait. <laughs> like God ain't going, oh my God, but they're so special. <laughs> they're, no, God, no, no, it's good. We'll, we'll just wait. Because God understands if, if, if he can't do it through you, it's only going to be temporary anyway. You're only going to crash and burn, right? Look, the greatest athlete is allowed to go through learning coordination and develop rhythm and focus. They're already one of the greatest athletes, but they have to learn. That's what Kurt Warner went through. They have to learn coordination. They have to learn rhythm and focus. That's the other thing. They have to learn to play with the team. But they could, you know, we have people in here that are gifted. God's used you to heal. God's used you to do things. Some people are great servants, but God's, God still waits until that person learns how to give themselves to him. So some of the greatest servants have still have to learn how to operate in fellowship. See, because they can serve by themselves. You know what I'm saying? But God waits till they learn how to embrace fellowship. They learn how to, do, to embrace accountability before he promotes them to what he wants them to do. Learns how to deal with the uncomfortable things. For some people, he waits till they learn how to shut up. I, I wasn't being funny. It's true. You know? So he, he waits. You know how we, we're antsy, you know? Sometimes we could be so antsy, but God will wait till we learn patience. Scripture says you have need of patience after you done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So he'll wait till we embrace his will, right? And so, so our foundational scripture at the church here, the, the, our vision here is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. And the foundational scripture here is Galatians 4, 1 and 2. Right, let's look at that real quick. This is the first, uh, this is scripture impacted me when I read it, and it's been um, pushing me in my life ever since. It's actually the first sermon I ever taught. I taught from these two scriptures. And it says this, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. It says, now I say that the heir, H-E-I-R, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. It says, but is under tutors and governors until the appointed time, the finish of the movie, of the father. And so he's saying that this heir is birthed at the beginning with the potential to inherit wealth and greatness. But as long as that heir is a child, he has to operate just as a servant to learn how to handle the inheritance that's coming. If you give that heir the inheritance too soon, now that inheritance has been lasting for generation after generation. Kingdom after kingdom. To, to be waiting to pass down to you so you can build it up for the next generation. But if you get it too soon, you'll consume it. Your character won't be able to handle it. You'll treat people with arrogance. Where, they, where people love serving the kingdom, they'll hate even being around you because you're all about yourself. So God says, now nah, we're going to let you serve. Be faithful in another man's. I'll give you your own when you can handle the inheritance. So it's a given. God designed all of us to be great. 
It's a given that God wants all of us to operate in wealth and all types of stuff. But it's not a given we'll be able to handle it. So it's not about can you. It's about can you handle it. We always think this is about can I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. God is saying, you sure you can, I designed you to do it. Let me hear you say I can handle that. I can handle what that's going to produce. Not dogging them out, but I used to tell this story all the time to youth ministry um, because it was fresh at the time. But I remember when Mike Tyson was trained by Customato to be the youngest heavyweight champ in the world. Customato died. He was trained to be the youngest heavyweight champ. He wasn't trained how to handle it. And Mike Tyson, for a while, he's handling business now, but he lost his whole mind because it overwhelmed him. God doesn't want us to be crushed by our dreams. He wants us to enjoy our dreams. He wants us to use our dreams to impact others, to help them to achieve their dreams. We keep kicking and screaming, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. We run to do stuff, we don't run to prepare to handle it. So what, we, so what it looks like is we're running to do, we're running away from preparation. So you're just going to rush to get to something to fall right back to having to now doubly prepare for it. If count the cost, who builds a dream? Who builds a purpose? Who builds a ministry? Who builds a business? Who builds a career and don't count the cost? If you're counting the cost, you're embracing preparation, not running from it. You're embracing challenge. You're embracing change. And then I, I, share, I share this all the time. People come to me all the time telling me, well, I don't need to do this, that, and the other. I said, are you looking at your actual life or are you looking at how you've converted it into a make-believe you're doing well life? Because if you're looking at your actual life, it's not what you want. So if you're trying to get something different, you've got to do something different, you might want to embrace changing some things. Because if you keep... If you fall into illusion, which is not real, and then you keep defending it, which is called delusion, you're defending something that ain't real. And just because it feels real don't make it real. We can measure it. It's tangible. What's happening in your life is tangible. What's not happening is tangible. So that should be your incentive to change. Should be. We already know it's not. Right? And so, so that's why, you know, we have to finish the movie. You know, God created a fearfully and wonderfully made us in Psalm 139, 14, right? Wonders, so, so fearfully means God took time to make sure nobody was like you. You couldn't compare yourself with no one. He made sure, ah, you're a little bit like your sister, let me add this. Ah, you're a little bit like your cousin, let me add this. So there's some similarities, but if you look deep, there's no one like you. No one has your fingerprint. Everybody has different fingerprints. All right, so he did that, but then he said, now that I've made them right, I'm going to fill them with wonders. The thing about wonders is God gave us wonders seed that, that normally harvests after you go through the preparation to handle it. And wonders take creative time and timing. Wonders take creative time and timing. You don't get microwave wonders. Creative time and timing. 
Scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3, it says, to everything there's a season subject to change. Seasons are subject to change. So everything there's a season, but there's a time for every purpose. There's a time for every purpose. Ecclesiastes 3, 1. Right? And so those wonders have a timing because they're purposed. That's not seasonal. Some of the, 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 the challenges and the mishaps and the pain, those are subject to change. Right? Those are seasonal, but purpose has timing. And the scripture says he, in, in Habakkuk 2, it says the vision is yet for an appointed time. It has a time to finish. The vision is yet for an appointed time. It says, though it tarry, wait for it. At the end it shall speak. It shall express itself. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4. So, so vision, which is the end of the movie, has an appointed time. So when you decide, ah, I'm not going to do that right now. I don't feel like that. You could be messing up the timing. You could miss the timing. You could miss the appointment. Now you're frustrated, but somebody told you, Ch- change this you'll make the appointment. Now, I don't feel like doing that right now. It's not based on your feeling. It's based on the appointment. If you're counting the cost, you know I have an appointment to make. When you got you to gotta be at the job at a certain time and somebody, and somebody says, okay, we well, need to do this to get up. Nah, I'm, I'm just going to chill. I'll just be up all night, have one hour of sleep. No, you're going, I got to get sleep because I want to be there on time, especially if it's money involved, right? So it's, it's time attached to it. So you can't wallow in your pain all the time. You're missing. That's the devil's trick. Get you so busy, consumed with, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. You're so consumed with that while your time is passing by. We can't afford the things that we think we can afford because purpose has a time to it. Vision has an appointment, right? This is though it tarry, wait for it. So, so, we, so it, it takes patience to do these things, but the goal is for us to to finish it. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, I've run my race, I've finished my course, I've finished my movie. So, so, so I, I'm not saying it for condemnation, I'm not trying to condemn nobody. If you feel a little conviction, all that is is, hey, let's, let's, let's get back on pace. That's all that is, get back on pace. Conviction is not a bad thing. Just get back on pace. If you feel uneasy in there, you know, if you feel a little uneasy, that's cool. It's like, okay, and the scripture says, be confident in this very thing that he that's begun a good work will perform it to the day of Christ Jesus. All I got to do, remember we, we talked about the baptism, everybody in baptism was burying the old person, rising in a new person. The hope is now that I have a fresh start, I'll, I'll, I'll try to stay in step with God, right? Because he's going to help me finish the work. What I'm weak in doing, he's strong in doing. The Bible says when I'm weak, He's strong, 2 Corinthians 12. Stay in step with God. Don't stay in step with your stubbornness. Don't stay in step with your own understanding. The Bible says lean not your own understanding. Don't stay in step with your feelings. Don't stay in step with what they are doing. Stay in step with God. That's the key. All you got to do is when when things are funky, am I in step with God? But you got to be honest with yourself. 
That's why people make moves to accept Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, go through baptism, press into God, read the word. I want to stay in harmony with God because that's where my fulfillment is. That's how I finish the movie. Man, man, forget all the, you know, people used to do, uh, when I was doing Bible study with Ohio State football, guys were like, uh, so is that right? Is that wrong? I said, is it best? Is it best? Is it going to keep you in step with God? So now that's, that's so I, don't, I don't have to judge. I don't have to put you down. We know when we're in step with God or not. Stay in step with God. If you're not in step with God, don't have any sad faces. No sad faces because we're all doing what we want to do. Right? If you're doing what you want to do, what are you sad about? Right? Stay Challenge yourself. And then if you can't, Lord, help me to get back in step. Pastor Mel talked about it. Help me to get back in step with you. Lord, if this is something you don't want in my life, take it away. Give him a shot. The Bible says if you only let me help you, I'll make you rich. I gave you a, uh, what was that? What version is that? Message or something of first, uh, I mean, Isaiah 1, 19. It says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But I think the message says, if you only let me help you, I'll make you rich. So God said, if you only let me help you, if you get out your own way, get back in step with me, whoo, watch the flow. In my presence is fullness of joy. My right hand pleasures forevermore. I said, I want us to just process through that as we, I don't know if we're talking about this next week, but just, just let's get back on to finishing. Let's get back up to finishing. Take the next best step from where you are. We always say here, if you hear something, set a target. You're not going to just walk on water because you heard the sermon, but set a target. All right, I'm going to set a target beyond my comfort zone. There's a reason. Listen, I'm, listen, it's not, I'm fine. If you don't do it, it doesn't affect my life. I'm trying to give you the message from God. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, you don't have to do it for Keith Bradley. But if you're saying you love God, the Bible says if you love him, you'll keep his commandments you would do stuff to stay in line with his will. Love, y- y'all been in relationships, right? Person say they love you, they never come home, they hang out with everybody else, they're talking to all types of other girls and guys, depending on the situation. You, but every time that you talk to them, they go, I love you. Would you think they love you? You're going by their corresponding actions, right? God does the same thing. He said in the Bible, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You ain't in a step with me. So God, God is measuring your corresponding actions. Are you willing to give up what's, in, what's comfortable for you, what gives you, how can I say, what gives you props from them to please me? Are you willing to please me at all costs? Right? Because the scripture says without faith is impossible what? To please God, right? So just something to think about, just to, to challenge you, encourage you, and inspire you all in the same package, okay? <laughs> all right, so that's all for today, for tonight. Uh, at this time, if anybody have any thoughts, questions, um, something that stood out for them, we got two mics on the side, and if you're online, if you're so led, you can either chat it or you can put your TV on mute and you can call in on the call-in line. Um, if you call in on the call-in line, this is a delay. 
because you're calling in in real time, so I've already said it. Any thoughts, insight, anything stood out for anybody tonight? 